Welcome to Day 2 Cloud. We get to discuss one of my favorite topics today. Maybe maybe not Ned's favorite topic, but Ethan's favorite topic, observability. Because for me, observability, it all started back with simple red light, green light back in the HP OpenView days, right? We were looking at all the SNMP things, and over time, it kind of progressed into this more robust application performance management and... and all that history. We didn't call it observability back then. We called it monitoring and we liked it. Now, the problems that were addressed by monitoring and today observability, they're similar, right? If monitoring had a tendency to reactivity, oh, oh crap, something broke, observability at its most effective is about proactivity. And that's the, the, that's the thing that gets me excited about observability these days, getting ahead of a problem before it impacts your users. In the case of today's sponsor, AppDynamics, part of Cisco, observability is about getting a clear picture of what's happening with your public cloud-hosted Kubernetes workloads. AppDynamics Cloud is at the center of our observability discussion today, and joining us is Joe Byrne, VP of Technology Strategy and Executive CTO at AppDynamics. Hello, Joe, and welcome to Day 2 Cloud. And, and man, I think we got to start by introducing some folks who maybe aren't familiar with AppDynamics to AppDynamics, because you guys have been around for a lot of years, um, but maybe it's just people that don't know. So Joe, for those who aren't familiar, give us the 10,000-foot view of AppDynamics. Sure. AppDynamics has been around for about 11 years now, and we were purchased by Cisco, uh, gosh, about six years ago. And we at, at the core, we're an application performance monitoring tool. Right, we're there to help people see inside their applications and understand what performance looks like from the inside and provide things like you know some business insights as to what you know is the application meeting my business needs and and really help you know bring performance to an optimal level for the customers for the employees who are using the apps whoever it is so so you said application performance monitoring and you said business insights and that's what I actually keyed into because there's the nerd view of what's going on in the infrastructure things are up things are down things are performing well stuff's backing up in the queue we're losing stuff and then the business yep. insight component sometimes is lost on the engineering community so when you say business insights what are you getting at so all applications right they're they're built for a purpose they're not built at these companies just because we had extra time and extra money and it's fun, right? It's, it can be fun, but at the same time, there's usually some sort of business KPI or there's a reason the application exists to sell more services, to sell more widgets, manage a warehouse, you know, whatever it may be. And so you really need to be able to tie that application's performance, both the functionality and, and the actual performance time, things like that to the business. So, you know, we hear things like you, you people hear these stats from, Amazon and retail about how, you know, every, you know, millisecond that the delay is, you know, you're losing X number of dollars in sales, right? Being able to tie an application to the business to say, yes, we're, we're achieving the, the conversion we want in terms of signups, or we're achieving the revenue dollars and being able to show actual data and tie the performance and the application together is absolutely re really, really important because especially today with more and more uh, applications being used for everything, you know, after we've, what we've gone through the last couple of years, right? We use our applications on our phone for everything. Uh, being able to show that the business that we are indeed meeting our goals and it's because of this technology is a significant thing for technology teams. And you're right, too often times you have people writing code and building things or building out an infrastructure and, and they don't really understand the end goal, right? Like what's the end purpose? What's the impact to the customer? What's the impact to the business? And I think having those insights uh, changes the way technologists do their job, right? It's, oh, it's a really cool thing. Oh, very much. I mean, there were shops I worked at where if there was, if the system was down for some reason, uh, for example, payment cards, I worked at a payment card processor for about four years. 
And if yeah. there was any downtime, there'd be the executives coming down on us going, we are losing X dollars <laughs> per hour because we can't process right now. When is this getting fixed? And we'd always cross our arms and our brows and be like, really, we're losing X dollars per hour. Come on. It's not that bad, is it? And in yeah. fact, it actually is a measurable thing. It is. It absolutely is. And, and I think, you know, that was, I think it's changing. And I think that as things like DevOps and SRE and these people that need to know more about the, the architecture overall, right? Um, I think some of that's changing. I mean, when I, the last team of, of engineers I hired, you know, I made a requirement. They were not only responsible for the functionality of the code they wrote and the quality of the code they wrote, they were responsible for the performance of the code they wrote and the security of the code they wrote. If it's slow, it's because that's how you built it. If there's a security vulnerability, it's because you allowed it to exist. It's, it's, it's a responsibility that is, that is paramount, I think, to good developers and, and people that are going to help you know, move, move your product forward. So I'm hoping that, that that view is changing because people should understand the value that they have in terms of the code they're writing and the environments they're creating and, and the, 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 what they're bringing to the business. I think it's an important thing. It's fairly difficult to find the proper metrics and the right things to track in an application to make that connection between what's happening in the application and how it actually impacts business. So I imagine there's a larger conversation you're helping to facilitate with App Dynamics to make the connection between what's happening on the technical side and what the business actually cares about. Yeah, there is. I mean, obviously, you know, one of the examples I use a lot is a sneakers app, right? So I'm kind of a sneakerhead. And I go out there and I try to buy all these things, right? And there's there's a number of things I can do on that website, right? I can look at the shoe, I can zoom in on it, I can turn it around, I can look at the different colorways. There's all these, there's 27 things I can do. Only a few of them matter. Can I find the product I want? Can I add it to my cart? And can I pay for it? That Those are the three or four things that the business cares about. So really understanding what those are and, and then you know focusing your your metrics and your, your observability on that is, is really important because otherwise... It's a mountain of data, right? The amount of telemetry you can create if you want to is overwhelming. And, you know, at that become, it becomes useless, right? Because now there's just too much to wade through. So having an application or something like, like AppDynamics that can help you understand what's important, what matters, is there a problem? If there is, where is it? What's it impacting? You know, those kind of things. Right, you're trying to reduce that signal to noise ratio and get the, the information that actually matters out of the application. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know that was difficult enough with traditional applications that were relatively static. You had, you know, this stack of virtual machines that were servicing this application. Things have changed a little bit. Cloud rolled in, Kubernetes rolled in. Um, and I understand that AppDynamics has recently introduced something you're calling AppDynamics Cloud. Uh, does that help to address the, the change in the way that applications are deployed and managed? Yeah, that's exactly the purpose, right? So AppDynamics Cloud, which was you know built and, and we put it out GM or GA earlier this year, it's purpose-built to observe these distributed and dynamic uh, cloud-native applications at scale. So as, as more and more companies are starting to mature, they're looking at all of the different advantages that the you know, hyperscalers are, are, are bringing to us. And so when you move from building an application on-prem, hosting it in your own data center, to them, you know, you may be uh, migrating some to the cloud and doing lift and shift. And even that's still more traditional. But when you start building them in the cloud natively and taking advantage of those as a service, as a platform offerings from, you know, Amazon and Google and, and Microsoft, and you're using, you know, their, their flavors of Kubernetes and things of that nature, now you need a different way to monitor those applications. And we needed 
the end of the day, we just needed a new scheme in a new way, right? So AppDynamics, our SaaS product, which is our primary tool, is, is built on this app tier node schema, an idea of an application, right, as you go forward. Well, in the cloud native world, it's a little more advanced than that, right? And there's so many different sources of data. So we needed what we call uh, to build what's a, a flexible metadata model and a flexible data model in and of itself that, that will allow for different types of data, new kinds of AI and ML to do different modeling to understand what's going on, pull in all of that cloud native data and really focus on things like open telemetry that, that are part of the uh, cloud native world. And so that's why we decided to, to build a new product from the ground up instead of trying to you know, use duct tape and chewing gum to fit it into our old uh, schema. Um, we wanted to do something brand new that, that could grow uh, with our customers as they move to the cloud and, and really be a long-term solution. Well, you, you said cloud native and contrasted that with app tier node as, as old school. And I you know, pour one out for app tier node, I guess, if we're going true cloud native, because that is how so many of us grew up and uh, that's the application architecture we're used to supporting. But you're making a key point here that uh, cloud native and and running on Kubernetes, I guess you're saying app tier node isn't, isn't quite the right way to think about it? Right. I think that there's it's a little more advanced than that now with all of the different sources and, and things you can use. Uh, other SaaS, like I said, products as part of it, um, all the different services and platforms that that uh, the, the cloud providers are offering us. There's a little bit more to it in terms of understanding the architecture uh, overall and being able to relate different parts of the application to, you know, relate the application to the infrastructure and, and how does that relate to and what the relationship looks like with the network. And it's just, it's getting more advanced. And I mean, app tier node is still predominantly what's out there, right? I don't want to say that, that it's yeah. old school. I mean, right now, that hybrid application model uh, that that our commercial SaaS product covers is still the predominance of it, right? Most of our customers are not yet ready for cloud native. And, you know, there may be new startups and things like that that are using those technologies. And some of the bigger companies, more mature companies will get there, but they're not there yet. But the, I think the big part of this is, well, we want to provide the the observability and the end-to-end -end insights to our customers, it's a big deal to, for them to know and understand that when they get to that cloud native world, we'll be there with them. And we're going to mm -hmm. provide them with those same valuable insights that they're used to using with AppDynamics when they start using AppDynamics Cloud. Well, who is AppDynamics Cloud for then? Because we've talked about a bunch of different roles and responsibilities have kind of been implied in the conversation so far from business stakeholders down through the engineering team. So who, as far as AppDynamic Cloud goes, what's the profile of the human that's actually using it? So I think that there's, it, it depends on the organization, right? We know different organizations are set up different ways and have different kind of responsibilities. But the, the big ones I look at, I think DevOps is a big one. Uh, because again, I think that as they're building things into the cloud, they have to understand that entire uh, ecosystem that that application is sitting in. I think SRE is another big one, right? Because they're responsible for those three, four, nines that, that, that we're claiming uptime, right? For these applications. And they really have to understand there. But still, I think the traditional IT operations folks, I think there's value there for them. I think that good engineers who really want to understand the performance and, and value that they're providing to their customers, uh, I think is still there for them. So I think we have a, a variety of people, but at the end of the day, it's who gets the finger pointed at them when the application isn't going right. It's who's on the line to, to figure out, you know, what, where, when, how, why, all that. That's who is going to find value in this. 
So this is a tool for me somewhere in the ops world or SRE world, let's say. I'm, I'm an yeah. engineer, wherever I am in the uh, in the IT org. I'm using right. AppDynamics Cloud to help me know when things are broken, what's wrong and how to get it resolved, or hopefully get ahead of things and uh, make sure I'm fixing them or we're staying ahead of things before they break. Right. I mean, and that's, that's the key part of this, right? You want to be able to, and that, that's what's so important about APM and some of the real-time monitoring. I mean, logs and all of these things and traces are, are, are super helpful and, and definitely a part of making our systems uh, more optimal. But a lot of that is after the fact. If you're able to trace things and figure out what's happening in real time and watch these transactions as they come, and you start seeing any degradation in, say, login, right? And what you go from what normal is to now it starts taking a little longer and your dashboards go from green to yellow. That's the time to act because you want to get in front of it before it turns red, right? And then and, and make those adjustments and do what you need to do and find out where that that that, that degradation is occurring and get in and, and and fix it before you start getting those customer calls. <laughs> Right, right. The best ops teams are the ones that you never even knew they were there. They just right. the background before it even got critical. They tweaked a thing, they fixed a thing, they added more capacity or restarted a service, and no one was the wiser. Everybody just kept making their purchases or, or whatever it is they're doing on on the website. And that's yeah, obviously, ideally, what you want. Now, if I am in that role and I'm looking to deploy in one of the existing public clouds, or it really. Where where can I use AppDynamics Cloud today? Is it uh, an AWS only thing? Is it anywhere where Kubernetes exists? So coming out the gate, you know, because you, you obviously you can't boil the ocean, right? We had to be pretty specific on what we we're going to focus and what we we're going to look at. Sure. So uh, the first two things that we're supporting out of the gate are AWS uh, and Azure, and AKS and EKS, right? They're they're particular flavors of Kubernetes, um, you know, and we're supporting, you know, we're bringing in different portions of what they offer. So when you look at things like um, EC2 and EBS from, from AWS, right, building on top of those blocks, bringing that data in, um, uh, you know, there's a, there's a number of things, ELB, um, the Amazon Aurora databases, things like this we're looking at supporting. But specifically right now, it's AWS and Azure who are using AKS or EKS, and the, it, most all of the data right now is provided through OpenTelemetry. So you have to be you know, participating in using OpenTelemetry as well. So if you're looking, if you're building your applications on those platforms and using OpenTelemetry as a source of monitoring, uh, that's our, our wheel well right now. That's going to grow. You know, we've got, um, we're looking at bringing in other flavors of Kubernetes. We're looking at supporting things like serverless, right? I know ECS, Fargate, and Lambda, um, and, and Azure serverless are, on, are next on the list. So there's a variety of those different features and functions we'll support. And I think over time, you know, it's, it's just going to continue to grow and, and provide a lot of the same functionality and services that AppDynamics does. But in the beginning, you know, we had to limit what we were doing. So it's EKS and AKS, open telemetry, like, and scalable, like 10,000 pod kind of environments. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. So, I, the, the question I would have beyond that is, because both of those are running sort of an upstream Kubernetes with some of the specialization underneath. I think you kind of alluded to this. So does AppDynamics ha Cloud have a sense of what's happening below the Kubernetes cluster with some of the sort of storage and compute primitives that come with AKS or EKS? Yeah, it'll pull out, it'll pull that data from from um, you know whichever environment you're using. It'll pull that data in and use it in our correlation engine to really you know provide that context and insight as to what's really happening. Um, not only inside the, the container, right, but uh, even below that in, inside your infrastructure. And so that's why, you know, this is such a critical part of, of Cisco's 
full stack observability play, right, is, is for those cloud native applications. We need to be able to pull in all of that data. Um, like for Azure, you know, looking at Azure disk and Azure SQL and all these things, and then eventually all of the Azure functions and um, the Azure app gateway, you know, pulling all that data in from that, these environments to understand all of the infrastructure, all the network, and then inside the code eventually as well, right? With our agents, you'll see the, the code inside the application and, and put that all together to give you that complete picture. Now, just to, just to really disambiguate here, AppDynamics sure. Cloud is only working within Kubernetes right now. So I've got to be running AKS or EKS to use this? That's correct. Right now, yes. Okay. And eventually OpenShift and other flavors right, of things will happen with Kubernetes as well. But right now, that's what's supported, yes. Right now. Okay, got it. Now, you've mentioned a big deal about uh, OpenTelemetry uh, and so on. I want to dig into that. But but first, is is OpenTelemetry the only kind of telemetry that AppDynamics Cloud can ingest? Or can it take other sorts of data in from my Kubernetes cluster? So if, it's, if there's data being provided by um, either AWS or Azure uh, about the infrastructure, there's things like that, like uh, CloudWatch and things like this, we will ingest that data as well with the OpenTelemetry. I, I guess the biggest significant thing there is we don't yet have the, uh, say, Java and .NET or Python agents to instrument inside of the code yet. That's coming next. So it's really more about um, you know pulling that open telemetry and pulling in the data that we can from the cloud provider and, and using that to begin with. And then eventually, you know, we'll we'll, we'll come out with our own agents because the idea is we want to be able to offer. You know, a lot of customers want an agentless experience. Right? They don't want to have to install an agent or use that to uh, attach to their runtime or. Uh, you know, there's concerns sometimes about overhead, which is generally not a big deal. But uh, so for those who want to do that, and, and oftentimes when they're going cloud native, that seems to be the desire is that agentless monitoring kind of experience. That's that's what we're going to support. All right. So now back to the open telemetry part of this. Uh, we on day two cloud have not done a show on open telemetry yet. I don't think, Ned, but uh, maybe we should. But uh, Joe, we will let's lean into you for a minute. What is open telemetry and why is it so important? OpenTelemetry is basically a, an open source project that was started. Uh, there were two competing projects at some point years back. There was um, Census, something that Google was doing, and then there was um, uh, open sourcing, I think it was. And, and these two different projects came together to provide uh, what is essentially going to be guidelines and, and basic standards and provide a list of APIs, SDKs, libraries, and tools that are standard to be able to pull telemetry from different parts uh, and it's focused on metrics, events, logs, and traces, right? So it's this, it's this open source project to provide this data that different tools can collect. And the idea being that if you want to, if you want to use open telemetry, you can, you can, you can implement that and source that data and you can take that into whatever um, visualization tool or analysis tool you want to use so that you're not stuck to just using that tools um, telemetry and data, you can yeah. actually get this, uh, you know, generalized kind of open, commonly collected, agreed upon among the community as, as standard data, pull that into a variety of different things. And there's different tools out there now. There's, there's, there's Zipkin, um, the, and I think they do traces primarily. There's Jaeger, uh, Prometheus, there's these different collectors. And then, you know, we can pull in data, like, you know, we're going to be pulling in data from Prometheus, um, natively so that we can, you know, use that in a correlation engine. But the whole idea is to be able to provide metrics, events, logs, and traces with these public standard, uh, like I said, APIs and SDKs and libraries and things so that um, you don't have to tie yourself to any one 
uh, application or, or visualization tool or, or analysis tool. Uh, and you're representing tons of data there or open telemetry oh, yeah. is with metrics, events, logs, traces. Those are all distinct yep. data types and there's a lot of them. So there's got to be a lot going on with an open telemetry to define what sounds to me like a structured data format that's generally agreed upon by the industry to send right. all that, package up all that data and send it out. Yeah. It, and it's coming along pretty well. I mean, I think a lot of the, those standards um, have become, you know, pretty stable. Um, you can go to, what is it? It's, it's um, opentelemetry.io, I think, and check out and see the status of the different uh, projects there and, and learn, learn more about it. But it, you know, a lot of our customers are, are gaining interest in this. Mm. And again, it's because people, you know, oftentimes you hear about people wanting to build applications that are cloud agnostic, right? So if you do decide to move from one to the other, that's an option. Well, I think they're trying to do the same thing with some of their telemetry, right? They want to, there's so many different tools and so many different options out there that they want to build towards these, these standards that allow them to be able to have some flexibility on what they do with that data, where they read it into, how they analyze it, how they visualize it, all of that. Yeah, some point of commonality is kind of a big deal as opposed to trying to map to all of the different projects that are on the CNCF, infamous CNCF NASCAR <laughs> slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, uh, right? It's, you know, you get tired of that, you know, whatever new executive may come in and wants to do this new cool technology. And, and after you cycle through those, you've got a little bit of everything in your garage, right? And it's just, it's too much. Right, and it sounds like not only are you able to instrument the infrastructure using OpenTelemetry, you'll also be able to instrument your code uh, in the future right. to, to send data to AppDynamics Cloud via that OpenTelemetry. Uh, I'm assuming they have SDKs for all the different programming languages, or at least the most popular ones out there. Right, like right now, or App Dynamics, we have agents for yeah, of a large variety, right? The .NET, Java, Python, and a number of other development languages. We'll do the same thing with App Dynamics Cloud, um, and and really, it, it is about it really is about having that code level visibility. That's really the distinguishing factor because there's there's a lot of different tools out there that have a bias towards how they originated. Like there's like, there's there's a lot of network tools, right? There's network visibility tools who claim to do APM. Well, it's it's from the network's perspective that they see the application, right? And the analogy I always use is like, I'm sitting here in my office at home and I have a window I can see out front. And I just saw a little while ago, my wife got in her car and left. So I can see the car. I can see that it left. Um, and, in, in, you know, from the network perspective, you can see that there was a call made and, and the data was sent and that it got there and that kind of thing. But I have no idea. Is the car full of gas or not? Is the check oil light on? Um, who else is, might be in the car? You know, where is she going exactly? I don't know any of this stuff, right? And so you need that inside out view. So it's like when I take my little gadget here and I plug it in under the dash and get into the car's computer, now I have all the insights. So I, when, when you have that level of information and you pair it with all of that external view, that's when you really, now, now you're cooking with gas, right? Because you've got the internal view, the external view, you pair those up, you correlate it, and now you can really figure out what's going on. So Joe, my challenge with telemetry has always been this too much of it. So whether it was back in the days of just absorbing tons of SNMP traps and syslog events or whatever it was, trying to make sense of what's going on there was always the the big problem. So, uh, and we've got more telemetry that we know what to do with in a cloud native environment. So how does AppDynamics Cloud help me make sense of all that telemetry data? So we've got that we, we a number of years ago, we bought um, uh, uh, a product called, um, uh, what was it called? Um, we, we bought a we bought a, a an ML AI engine that is 
purpose built for looking at application telemetry and data and helping you understand what matters and what, and what doesn't. And so w- when you have all of that data and, and you need to understand what's applicable based upon things like app dynamics based user to measurement is called a business transaction. So if you log in, if you do a search, if you add to cart, if you check out each one of those is a business transaction. And so things related to those calls are important and matter uh, and have an impact on the end user and that experience. There's a number of other things that can go wrong that, that you don't really care about, right? And so depending upon how you've instrumented your code, you know, you may be alerting on things like I, the, the thing that used to make me nuts and, and kind of to your point is when I'd sit down, we were trying to figure out a problem. I'd sit down with some of the engineers and we'd be going through these logs and I'd see all these errors. And I said, what's that? What is this? What does that mean? What is it? And they're like, oh, ignore that. That happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Why are we sending that, that conversation? <laughs> yeah. Like you're wasting my time, dude. Like, what are we doing? So um, being able to use the algorithms inside of the correlation engine to pare that down, to help understand what really matters is really, really an important piece because honestly, it's just, there's too much data, these war rooms and where we all get together and try to figure things out. Uh, it's too difficult these days. So let, you know, if there's an anomaly, right, with anomaly detection, which is a feature of AppDynamics and AppDynamics Cloud, it, you know, it, you get these weird one-off things where all of a sudden something spikes at, at two o'clock in the morning and you can't recreate it in QA. You, you can't recreate it, you know, on your own. You turn up logging, all of these things. This, we'll, we'll look at those anomalies. We'll store snapshots that let the machine algorithms go through and review the hundreds to thousands of those that may exist come back with commonality and, and eventually causality because uh, it's too much for us to analyze as, as people too much. Data, so too much so data. you, it really will get down to an attempt at, at causality. That is rather than, rather than even filtering alerts, that's a big deal, but I mean, that's not enough. I am looking for that, that root cause if the system exactly. can figure it out. And it sounds like that's what I'm getting here. It's not only going to filter out events that don't matter. It's also going to use algorithms to make some sense out of what's going on. And then there's, I think from what you described earlier, Joe, there's enough of knowledge. There's enough knowledge with an app dynamics cloud to understand how the app is related to the Kubernetes cluster, which is related to the physical infrastructure it's riding on. It can put all that together and kind of get to a root cause of what's going on and percolate that detail up to me as an ops person. That's right. That's the idea. I mean, root cause is the whole purpose, right? Of this is be able to figure out what exactly is happening, where, and and who and what is it impacting. Uh, so that that's the whole purpose of this is to be able to get there faster, right? We to reduce that MTTR, or in the case of <laughs> in the case of a lot of uh, ops guys, we 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 came we came up with this thing called MTTI. It's mean time yeah. to innocence, yeah. right? <laughs> Where you know we did these studies, and and a lot of these poor operation guys are spending thirty percent of their time just proving stuff's not their fault. Uh, what a gigantic waste of time, effort, and money. And so yeah, getting to root cause quickly is is the whole game. Well, as we all know, it's always the network, right, Ethan? Shut up, man. Come on. Well, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to lie. You know, c- coming from software development, my background in engineering teams, that was usually our cry, right? Well, it can't be my code. I'm awesome. And I wrote this, so it's got to be the network. I'd be the network. And, you know, but I will tell you, I was, I was with a customer last night um, and I had a bunch of, you know, uh, network guys in there. And I, I admit it, I'm, I'm born again in this world, right? I, I understand it is more often the application than it is the network. I will admit it freely. And I have to apologize to all the people in the past who I blamed when you know, it ended up being my stuff. For the <laughs> who you made sit in front of a Wireshark trace and look, look, Joe, <laughs> see how long it took yep. the database to respond. That's where your latency is. The network's fine. 
Yeah. Well, and what's funny is like the first, our first use case with App Dynamics, the first company I bought it at, it wasn't even my application team that was using it. It was an SRE team. And that's exactly what happened. They started bringing over App Dynamics and showing my engineers like, here's that select star query you quote. Here's that bad line yeah. of Java code you wrote that's causing all these delays. Or here's that query that you're executing a thousand times on a page load. Right. And, and these are your problems. And all of a sudden, they're faced with the reality of the issue and you can't blame anybody else now. You just got to fix it. And that gets old fast. So then the engineers start wanting to see it. Well, how did, let me see. I want access to this. I want to see what's going on. And then you get to a point where people care enough that you, now you start looking at doing things like implement it into your, into your CICD process, right? So as you promote from dev to QA to staging to performance production, whatever you have, you know, at each stage, you have these gates where you run these automated tests, right? And you're, you're checking for the, the functionality and quality of the code. Well, now the idea is to put in something like App, App Dynamics, and now you can validate the performance too. So you can say if your code slows down login or it slows down, you know, purchase or checkout, it slows down one of these calls. You don't promote because we're not in the business of slowing down things and and destabilizing our production environment. It's pretty cool. Yeah, getting back to an earlier point that you made, uh, or maybe it was you, Ethan that made it, it was you, Joe, you were talking about how you went in and you had this team and they're like, Oh, just ignore that red light. It's always red. It's yes. Um, part of the reason that I've always encountered that is because the, the work to provide the feedback to the system to say, Hey, turn that red light off. It's not important or, or to put in an exception or something. It was really difficult to do that. So yeah. how does app dynamics and app dynamics cloud help close that feedback loop back into the tool based off of the tribal knowledge I have stored up uh, as the part of the ops team. So I mean, I want to make sure I understand your question properly. So we will, we will look at all of the data we get in. If there's, if there's a degradation or something starts to slow down or performance is impacted, uh, we'll pull snapshots. We'll look at all of the different data involved with that particular call. And there's an understanding of what is critical to the success of that call. Like what is critical to that login piece and what is not. Right, and you'll be able to see if, as you look at the workflow and you're looking at the application overall. If something starts to slow down, you, you'll see um, like maybe CPU looks fine, memory looks fine. So you're not going to tell somebody to restart their computer or whatever. Um, you're not going to tell them to re restart the app. You're going to look at things, and, and the system will know and understand: is there an impact to the end goal of that user journey or not? And if so, if something slows down, but but everything else is still green, people can still function and do what they need to do on the website, fine. Um, then you know you can ignore it, right? And the application will only start paying attention to those that are really that it understands are part of the success of that particular business transaction. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in part, it it has more intelligence built in that it's not going to be surfacing up those red lights as often. You're going to yeah. get less false positives, right? Uh, and you can instrument it too, right? You, you know, you can you can customize some of this to. Um, to pay attention to certain things and but it will help you understand you know basically what matters and what doesn't hmm okay that's so i don't Which have to go right? to the engineer that built the box and say hey this just went red tell me is that going to hurt things is that a big deal and it, it, what you're saying is app dynamics has got enough in it to figure that out for us yeah i mean it's 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 i always think of like um the, the Phoenix project, right? With the theory of constraints and the way, you know, you look at the, the manufacturing pieces and as you go through, you find these bottlenecks. Um, some of them impact the next stage of the manufacturing process, some don't. And when they do, then you need to correct it and see what happens to the rest of the flow. But having, it's that end-to-end -end visibility 
from when a user logs in, if they can make it through their transactions, they can find their item, they can buy it, they can check out all and, and shipping is confirmed. And there's an error some, with something, as long as that path is not impacted, it's not the end of the world. You might, you're going to want to look at it, you're going to want to check it out, but it's not you know, a high priority item. And I think that being able to weed those things out is, is a huge time save. Joe, a lot of our conversation so far has been break fix oriented, or maybe yeah. you know, preventing something from uh, getting ahead of it before it does break badly. What about optimization? Does AppDynamics Cloud help me there? Yeah. So as, as part of what you can do is, is in and of itself, we look at, at things like full stack observability in different stages. So we've got visibility, which means we can see what's going on. We understand everything that's happening from a business perspective, from the application perspective, from the network, from the infrastructure, and from the security perspective, right? We look at this. So you have that information and then you have the insights, right? I need to look at this. I need to figure out what matters, what's important. If I have a problem, where is it? Who's it impacting? And then there's the action part, right? This is where the optimization comes in. And so what we can do is, is AppDynamics, like right now, we have an integration uh, with something called Intersight Workload Optimizer at Cisco. Uh, it used to be the Cisco Workload Optimizer, but it's, it's, it's basically, uh, it looks at your workload and helps optimize. So AppDynamics will say, hey, we have a performance problem. Uh, this is slow. Iowa will look at the workload and understand, okay, well, it's in this VM or it, it's here, where, wherever it's in the, in the workload, all the way down through, you know, to the disk arrays, right? Everything in there. And, and then Iowa can actually, you can have a script ahead of time where you can tech, tech there. It'll, it'll give you an example of what you can do to mitigate that performance issue. Like, okay, spin up another VM or, or you know, take this action and you can automate that. So it does help with the optimization tools and a feed to them it doesn't actually make the changes itself. It will okay. feed yeah. an orchestration tool to help it make it because it's to, to see the data, to, to provide the insight and then take the action all on one thing is a bit of a challenge and, and, and maybe the next thing we go after. But for right now, the, the idea is typically to feed an actioning system or you know, let somebody know manually what they can do to make the change. Yeah. So it doesn't actually do the change itself. Uh, well, Joe, let's get into some uh, some practical considerations here. Uh, if I want to deploy AppDynamics Cloud into my Kubernetes cluster, well, what is involved in that? So it's really a, a matter of feeding the open telemetry data into the AppDynamics Cloud instance, because right now we don't have the agents that feed back to the controller or the instance. So it's a matter of connecting the open telemetry into our, you know, our platform and, and allowing it to pull in and use that data. Eventually, it will be instrumenting and, and adding in agents to attach to the runtime in the applications, which is just a simple script. It, it's not a lot of code and it's not a, extra, a lot of extra work. There's a little script we can run to do that, uh, to get data being pulled into the correlation engine to start producing the visualizations and showing you all the workflows and all of that. So it's, it's really, it's a pretty simple thing to get up and going. Yeah. Okay. So because there's no agent there that's doing the collecting and you know normalizing data and shipping it off to a collector, you're just bringing in open telemetry feeds. Right. I, do right I, now, yes, exactly. Is there anything I even need to install on my Kubernetes cluster? Um, not if you're operating with open telemetry. No, as long as you've got that yeah. instrumented and working, uh, no. So then AppDynamics Cloud is, is off to the side. Is it running as SaaS or did I have to stand up an instance somewhere? No, it's running as SaaS. Okay. Okay, so I fire off my telemetry to the AppDynamics Cloud SaaS instance that I'm running, and 
from there, uh, w- what happens? Is there, um, now I've got uh, a, a console, a dashboard, I log in and I right. do some configuration work, I take it, to help AppDynamics get some context around the data it's collecting? Well, a lot of the data it, it will be able to build, but yes, you know, there are going to be things where you have to look at to understand and how to instrument, you know, business transactions and things like that as those become available. Right now, the data is more just based on what you'll see with those events and, and the traces and the logging data, but eventually you'll be able to build out, you know, based on your business transactions, uh, which is coming next. It's not part of what's available right now. Uh, but it will, it, it, one of the magical things about AppDynamics is it will learn this because it follows and it tracks and traces all those calls. It will eventually, once the agents are there, learn the application and what, how everything's working, what's everything's dependent. And it will show you that entire thing without you having to go in and provide the context yourself. It'll even auto name some of the business transactions and things that you can then go back in and change. But a lot of it, the, the system, uh, because of the tracking and tracing and then opening and pulling in data from open telemetry will build this out on its own. Now, obviously you're going to want to go in and look at it and be, you know, if there's certain nomenclature and things you use, uh, certain things you, you call uh, um, a particular call or transaction, you want to rename them, you can do that. But in the beginning, a lot of it um, just starts popping up and, and showing you, giving you insights into the performance without you doing anything. Now, is this in the form of, of dashboards, right? Be building a dashboard maybe for my SRE team and know somebody, something else for DevOps and maybe something else for business stakeholders? So dashboards are definitely a part of it, but one of the really cool things, especially with AppDynamics Cloud, is we've built this very entity-centric data model. So if you're looking at it and, and you say you're looking at a particular um, service, right, uh, or a particular container, everything you'll see on the screen will alter and change to provide information around the business context, the application performance, infrastructure performance, all related to that service you're looking at or all related to that particular um, container that you're looking at. So the, the visualizations are, 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 are um, fluid, right? And they will change and update based upon the entity that you're trying to focus on so that you don't have to keep clicking around all throughout the different areas of the application to find the data that's related to that entity that you are particularly focused on. So this empowers like the, these, these cross-domain insights based on these contextual relationships that enable you to get insights into the rest of the application in relation to that specific service that you're looking at. So it provides you everything you should want to know and see around that service to help you understand, is it healthy? Does that, so, so it's almost like live um, changing uh, fluid dashboards as part of what you're looking at for the tool, but you can also create specific dashboards for the executives and, or whoever needs to see what's happening. Well, the, the context aware component here sounds pretty, that, that's how I'm thinking about it. It kind of knows where you're at and, and what relevant data it should be percolating up in addition to whatever the object is that you're looking at in the dashboard. That's, that's pretty cool. I'm thinking, again, context is what I'm thinking of. So maybe yeah. I don't need to build a bunch of dashboards, Joe. <laughs> well, that, originally that was part of the thought. We actually had some internal debate. You know, do we need to have specific dashboards? I Personally, I think we do. Um, and we will. We'll have, because, you know, people are, very specific about what they want to visualize and what they want to see and how they want to see it. Right. So people will oftentimes, if you don't provide something, they'll export it to something like Grafana or something, right. And build their dashboards. Um, so I think that we need both. We need a, hmm. uh, this entity centric view where you don't have to have a dashboard. You can simply look at this and see the relevant data that, that you want, 
Or especially though, if you're looking at things like, you know, when we add the business analytics to AppDynamics Cloud that we have in AppDynamics, being able to see those business related dashboards is going to be a really big deal and very important. So um, yeah, it'll be both will exist. Yeah, I was asking the question kind of tongue in cheek too, um, <laughs> of course, because of exactly what you said. There is such a difference in the sorts of data I care about. If I'm a developer of the application, I care about a different set of metrics than if I'm the ops person that's running that app and 58 other ones on top of that cluster. So, right. Yeah. Well, Joe, along the way, there's been a, a number of times where you've said, well, it doesn't do this today, but it's coming. So I think a very appropriate question would be roadmap. Uh, tell us where, what is coming next for AppDynamics Cloud. Yeah, so we have, um, we've built, so we have uh, separate roadmaps for AppDynamics and AppDynamics Cloud. And so as you go through, you know, we, we're kind of doing this between now and, and 12 month kind of roadmap view for, for both of these products. And so we've got a number of things that are coming before the end of the year. Um, support for things like ECS Fargate and, and Lambda, I mentioned earlier. Um, some additional Kubernetes entities we're going to be looking at, some more um, out-of-the-box health rules. Support for uh, Kafka and Redis through Prometheus is coming as well. And then longer term, uh, we're going to be expanding into more of the AWS and Azure services. At some point, we'll look at GCP as well, right? That That's down the line. Um, doing, you know, the business metrics enhancements is coming. Um adding synthetic API monitoring uh, for those microservices, things like that. So there's a lot of things we'll add. I think one of the things I think that is going to be a big part of what we do is not only are we going to add support for, you know, things like Prometheus and these cloud native things, you know, um, having Terraform and Grafana plugins, things of that nature, but we'll also take a lot of the value that we have right now in AppDynamics and import a lot of that technology and functionality over as well. Things like we have these things called user experience journeys where with end user monitoring, you can see where somebody enters the application and every step they take through the application throughout that journey. So I log in, I go look at my account balance. I do a transfer to my son in college. I, you know, and it'll look at that whole journey and see how people are using your application. And then you can overlay performance and business data on top of that. That's a huge, a huge um, improvement in terms of how you watch your users make their way through your application. And so things like that will come over as well. And, and, and I think in a lot of ways, eventually there will be some level of parity between the two. And then we'll have to look and see, you know, what we want to do with the products. And the timeline on this, I mean, you're not committing to anything like, uh, you know, second half 2023, you know, we're not, and we're not even asking for that, but give us a rough sense. Are we talking quarters away or years away for some of these features to get rolled in? No, everything, everything I just mentioned is probably within the next 12 months. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, we, we've beefed up our, our release process, right. They, they've sped that up with, with some of their agile development. And so we're releasing every couple of weeks now, and there's a, there's a significant focus on making sure that we have a, a, a valuable, you know, tool that, that our customers are, are having, you know, finding it necessary to use, right. To be successful. And the other part of it is. You know, as part of, a, you know, you've heard me mention a few times the, the Cisco full stack observability play. Um, AppDynamics Cloud is the first application that's going to sit on the, the full stack observability platform. So there's a lot of work being done on the back end, basically, of AppDynamics Cloud to add extensibility and make it something that can be our full stack observability platform going forward that we build other applications on. And ideally, even through APIs and things, 
provide a platform for people to build even their own applications on, almost like the Salesforce model, right? Where you can have the open APIs and you can build an application on top of uh, on this platform to visualize and analyze things the way you specifically want to do it. Well, Joe, this has been a fantastic conversation and uh, you know, lots of features here that I, I love, especially the parts where I don't have to parse through all the data myself to come to some answer as to what the heck is going on, that AppDynamics Cloud is going to do a lot of that work for me. If people are listening here and they are similarly intrigued and they want to find out more, where would you send them? Uh, yeah, we built a whole AppDynamics Cloud kind of a guided tour. All you got to do is go to appdynamics.com slash day2cloud. AppDynamics.com, Day2Cloud for the AppDynamics Cloud guided tour. Go ahead and hit that up and take a look at what's going on there. And of course, we'll have that link in the show notes along with a few other links for the AppDynamics blog and how to stay in touch with them in a few other ways. And our thanks to AppDynamics, part of Cisco, for sponsoring today's Day2Cloud episode. And virtual high fives to you, as always, for tuning in. If you have suggestions for future shows, we would love to hear them. You can hit Ned and I up on Twitter. We monitor at Day2Cloud Show. Or if you're not a Twitter person, you can fill out the request form at day2cloud.io. And if you like engineering-oriented shows like this one, and I know you do, visit packetpushers.net slash subscribe. All of our podcasts, newsletters, and websites are there. It's all nerdy content designed for your professional career development. And until then, just remember, cloud is what happens while IT is making other plans.